Welcome to New Perceptions Podcast, the official podcast of the Journal of Psychedelic Psychiatry. The New Perceptions Podcast is for education, information, and entertainment purposes. The views expressed on this podcast are solely those of the hosts and guests and do not reflect the official policies of the entity. This podcast of the Journal of Psychedelic Psychiatry does not support or condone any use, distribution, or sale of psychedelic substances. Furthermore, the topics discussed should not be solely used to diagnose, treat, or prevent disease or conditions. And reading of or listening to this podcast does not constitute a doctor-patient relationship. The content discussed does not constitute medical advice, and any specific medical questions should be directed toward or personal health care professionals. If you are listening to us on the Journal of Psychedelic Psychiatry website, it would be easier for you and better for us if you would please consider following us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts so that you will be notified when the latest episode airs. I am Dr. Tyler Chervested, Editor-in-Chief of the Journal, and it's my privilege to welcome you to this article summary edition of the podcast. Dr. Mark Sundahl, author of The Psychiatric Utility of MDMA, could not join us for our typical author interview tonight. And so we'll be recapping his article to do him justice. Before we take a deep dive in, I would like to thank We are very thankful that Anchor has chosen to sponsor the podcast, and it really does help us as we continue to try and create high-quality content, and it helps us facilitate some of the growing pains that we're undergoing here as we're scaling up at the Journal of Psychedelic Psychiatry. So thanks again to Anchor. I would like to transition now to Dr. Sundahl's article, which can be found in the latest issue of the Journal of Psychedelic Psychiatry, available on the journal psychedelicpsychiatry.org website. The paper's title, again, is The Psychiatric Utility of MDMA. In this paper, he gives a brief overview of the history, uh, the available data, the pharmacology, and the notable studies uh, that are available. So we'll kind of dive in. Again, just a brief overview if you want to read the full thing. It's available on the website. Dr. Sundell does an excellent job of describing the early history from the discovery of MDMA in 1912 by a Merck pharmaceutical chemist named Anton Kolsich. It's relative obscurity until 1927 when it was re-examined in light of ongoing research into adrenaline and ephedrine. However, it remained again in relative obscurity again until at least the 1970s. No human research really took place until even the late 1970s whenever it was investigated for psychotherapeutic effects. Ongoing research occurred during the 1970s, as outlined by Dr. Sundahl, and several different studies being utilized to facilitate psychotherapy during this time. However, Given social use and abuse that was being seen in the society, it was transitioned to a Schedule One substance in 1985, and was of limited clinical benefit during that time, with no trials actually occurring again until the early 2000s. Dr. Sundahl also addresses the pharmacology aspects of this. It is structurally similar to an amphetamine, has some certain hallucinogenic properties that are similar to mescaline, and exerts similar effects that you would expect when you're looking at an amphetamine as far as its effect on dopamine, serotonin, and norepinephrine receptors in the CNS. Of note, it does have some hormonal effects as well, leading to increased levels of cortisol, prolactin, DHEA, vasopressin, oxytocin. Oxytocin is of particular interest as far as the psychotherapeutic effects go, as this can be somewhat prosocial associated with improvement in social feelings and functioning that may be of particular interest, especially in PTSD. Numerous studies have been conducted since the 2000s thanks to the multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies, or MAPS, who filed an investigational new drug application in 2001 and allowed them to begin to study this substance in psychotherapeutic adjunct capacity for specifically PTSD. 
Those studies have gone extremely well, and even though they have been small-scale studies, there have been six of them that were randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled in certain aspects, and those studies were conducted between 2004 and 2017. The 2017 results were so compelling that the FDA has granted a breakthrough therapy designation for MDMA and approved it for phase three trials, which started in 2018 and I believe are ongoing right now, though may be somewhat hampered by the ongoing COVID pandemic. He does an excellent job of detailing the overall studies themselves. And again, while they may have small sample sizes, they do utilize the specific rating scales that are of common value when looking at PTSD, and this would be the clinician-administered PTSD scalar CAPS-4 scale. Uh, he also details the specific aspects of the therapy itself and what set setting are utilized, what are the specific requirements for psychologists and experimenters as far as the interactions they have during the therapy, what an experimental session looks like, in great detail, and I would highly encourage you to look into this more if that's something you're considering or looking at. He also details the various doses of MDMA that are utilized during the studies, up to 125 milligrams. Outside of PTSD, he takes a deep dive into MDMA being used to help in the treatment of substance use disorder and specifically alcohol use disorder. He does note that there's only one published study on MDMA associated psychotherapy as a treatment for alcohol use disorder and it was a again a small scale study subjects uh, were adults that were diagnosed with alcohol use disorder who had successfully undergone a detoxification program and the same study criteria and protocols that were used in the PTSD treatment were again used in this one so very very similar at the culmination of this study again in a very small sample size four patients reported at the nine-month follow-up window, two of which had been completely abstinent during that time, and two had reported small recurrences of alcohol use, but none had reported any daily or harmful drinking. Outside of substance use disorders, again, returning to the pro-social aspects, potentially mediated by oxytocin, MDMA may have a role to play in autism spectrum disorder and social anxiety. A 2017 randomized placebo-controlled double-blind study was undertaken to look at MDMA and whether it had any utility in patients with autism. Again, another small-scale study of only 12 patients were looked at. Four of them were receiving placebo, eight received MDMA itself. Approximately 75% of the patients, or six out of eight, had a response in the MDMA group versus only two out of four, or 50% in the placebo group. Dr. Sundahl concludes... MDMA, when combined with appropriate psychotherapy, appears to have a statistically significant and rather large effect on the reduction of PTSD symptoms. These results have been so promising that phase 3 clinical trials are currently underway, and if these are also positive, MDMA-assisted psychotherapy could be an FDA-approved treatment option for PTSD as early as 2021. He goes on to say that MDMA-assisted psychotherapy has also shown promising results for the treatment of alcohol use disorder and autism spectrum disorder with social anxiety. As with all controlled substances, the risk for addiction needs to continue to be investigated, but thus far, the risk appears to be minimal when used in a controlled environment by medical professionals. As always, more research is needed. There's a lack of long-term data about the potential adverse effects of 
MDMA, and there are still concerns about abuse potential that need to be addressed going forward. Both addiction and the long-term side effect risk should be taken into account prior to any large-scale use of this medication, but the results do appear promising and more research will be needed. If you would like to submit an article for potential publication in the journal or you have further questions, please visit our website, journalofpsychedelicpsychiatry.org, or send us an email at journalofpsychedelicpsychiatry at gmail.com. To stay up to date on all the latest information regarding the journal, please follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thank you for listening to New Perceptions.